0: One, two, three, four. I think for me, people take uh, through the years, maybe now that I'm married with kids and I also sold uh, properties, people give me more credibility. But in the beginning, uh, it was challenging because I don't think people took me as serious, Um, you know, especially men. But, uh, you, you know, like, and I gave everybody the benefit of the doubt, but I did waste a lot of my time because people just thought, you know, I'm just a cute girl and that's pretty much it.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Well Now What Podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. Yes, you read the title right. Today's guest is the one and only Maya Vander. I actually fangirled when she said yes to being on my podcast. I also want to point out that during this entire interview, she was holding her newborn baby. Talk about Superbomb. I love the reality show, Selling Sunsets, and Maya is definitely the one that keeps the whole group together and sane. And in this episode, we talk about how she became a realtor in LA and in Miami, how she feels as a woman in an industry dominated by men, the biggest challenges as a realtor during COVID, the behind the scenes and reality of filming Selling Sunsets, and advice she has on negotiating tough deals. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm here with the beautiful Maya Vander. So I've been recently enjoying watching Selling Sunsets on Netflix. I find it very intriguing because selling real estate in the Los Angeles market can be glorious, given the area's sunny location and an abundance of the rich and famous living there. It can also be cutthroat as agents fight over clients and properties. Selling Sunset showcases the ups and downs of being a realtor in L.A., One of my favorite realtors on the show is Maya Vander. You can tell that she really understands her clients' needs and is a natural negotiator. I think that the skills that realtors use to be successful in their jobs can apply to many other career paths out there. There was even a point in my life where I even considered becoming a realtor, so I'm really excited to hear her story. So my, you grew up in Israel and you had family history of investing in properties and flipping homes. Was that something you were passionate about growing up or what was your career before becoming a realtor?
0: Yeah. So, you know, my dad was doing it overseas long, long time ago. So I was actually very little when he was doing uh, those little flips. So it wasn't like he wasn't like some crazy big developer, you know. So it's not like I grew up with real estate and, and that was in my blood. So I was always doing just a um, regular job. I was working in L.A. when I first moved in a clothing store as a salesperson. So I was mainly in retail until I got my license uh, back in 2000, 2012. So it just my mom told me, hey, why don't you do real estate? And I decided to take the class.
1: Right. Yeah. So what, what was the process of becoming a realtor? Was it a lot of exams or was it just one exam?
0: No, so it's a one. It's one exam. Uh, you have a class uh, in LA back then. I took it. It took me through about three months in Florida. I did it in one month. So you go to the class. You have a bunch of topics, and by the way, none of them is related to what you're actually doing in real life. You know, you have to pass that, and uh, you have one exam. And people uh, think it's so easy, and if you study, it is. Uh, it is easy, but you have to study, and the questions are pretty tricky. So basically, class plus. you know, final exam. So yeah, I would say if you take the real estate course, make sure you're studying.
1: Yeah. So, um, when you become a realtor, you need to sign on with a brokerage and for people that don't really know, um, what does that entail and how much kind of commission do they usually take?
0: Right. So people confuse between a real estate agent and a real estate broker. So in order to uh, sell properties, you have to hang your license under a brokerage. So the brokerage is basically your technically your boss, and they take, uh, and assume, all the liabilities. And because of that, they take a percentage of your uh, commission. So let's say average sell, you get two and a half, three 3% commission. From that commission, your broker take his split. So every company is different. Uh, usually, you, you know, let's assume a lot of uh, new real estate agent, the split will start 60-40. So you get to keep 60% your broker will take 40. Some of them will do 70, 30. It really depends on the company again. So out of those two and a half, three percent your brokerage will take the cut. And you could could be your own broker, but you have to obviously gain experience and you need to sell real estate for two years before you become a broker if you want to do that. And how competitive is
1: the industry in LA? Like, as a real
0: very competitive. Yeah, so you know, there are a lot of agents, and they're great, and uh, everybody basically fights for the same sales, right? So you know, I used to door knock, and every time I used to go and door knock, uh, meaning you know, asking someone at the door, hey, are you looking to sell or are you looking to move? They always told me, oh, I had like three agents before you already come into my house this morning. So it it is competitive and you have to be aggressive and, you know, and, and fight basically and to generate clients all the time. So, It's not as easy as we see in Selling Sunset. I wish it was, but it's not the case.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Selling Sunset, how did you get signed on with the Oppenheim Group and how did that relationship start?
0: Yeah. So I knew, you know, it's a small community, the brokerage community and the agents, like everybody pretty much know each other and you go to the same open houses and, and, and all that. So you do have a good network of agents. When Jason uh, started his own brokerage, he approached me. I asked if I, wants to, if I want to join. And I really loved his marketing material. And I liked the fact that it was a very, very small company. Uh, so small that it was just me, him, Brett, his brother, and another guy named, Gra- named Graham. So just the four of us, basically. I was the first girl. I always say that, but I'm very proud I was the first one. Uh, and then the rest came uh, and joined. So he asked me if I want to join and I decided to to leave my other company to go to Jason's.
1: Okay. And did the other people join after the show or was this before the show?
0: No. So everyone uh, joined before the show, way before the show. Uh, the only one who joined um, once we actually were about to film, like actually two of them, Davina and Chriselle, joined uh, last. And you also go back and forth to Miami and you're a realtor there
1: as well. So what are kind of the main differences in the real estate market with LA and Miami.
0: Yeah. So now I'm actually in Miami more because I just had my baby, but so I'm going to probably stay for a while, but you know, LA, uh, I think it's a very stable market because everybody wants to be in LA. It's the entertainment industry. Um, So even if you also have, let's say, you know, bad economy, there is a lot of money in that city. So I think LA, in a way, is a sense of uh, a bubble. Miami, um, thankfully, we do have international buyers in here that always want to come and have this nice, uh, fun vacation home. So I would say they're also less emotional about the purchasing because they just want to come a couple of times a year, enjoy the weather, and then go back um, to either you know New York or Canada or you know Latin America or Europe. LA, when you buy a property, you look into where you're going to be in the next seven to 10 years on average because the prices are more expensive. Uh, So that's the main difference. Uh, And and price point is a little bit different. Miami is cheaper. Okay. Yeah.
1: And do you remember the first property that you sold and how did you get your first client?
0: Yeah. So the first property was a small condo in LA, in West LA. And I sold it for $350,000 and it took me about nine months from getting the license and selling this condo. It was my first deal. And I got it because uh, I worked with an associate in my company that his uncle was the one buying, but he didn't want to do all the work. So I was doing all the work and basically we split split the the commission. So, you know, two and a half percent of brokerage take a fee, then you have to split it. Then you have to pay taxes. So I got like $50 left. (laughs) i kidding. (laughs) A little bit more than that, but yeah. yeah.
1: And yeah, so as a realtor, your commission is truly based on the housing market, which is always changing. and. Yeah, so how do you kind of deal with that, especially now with COVID, like a kind of like an unstable environment? So how do you deal yeah, with
0: that? Yeah, you know, I drink wine every night. <laughs> kidding. No, I, no, I'm not kidding. I, I, I love to have my one glass, but look, it's it's not a salary. And by the way, I'm holding my baby, so sorry if uh, she's making noises, if she no gets problem. crazy, I'll hang it to my hang it to my husband. Look, it's commission based, right? So you have to hustle, and even in uh, you know uncertainty like COVID, and obviously just generally general the economy. You have to somehow be creative and stay in touch with your maybe previous clients and try to see who is actually looking for opportunities to buy deals. But yeah, that's the stressful part with real estate. You're not on a salary. So let's say even if I close a deal tomorrow and I make, a great check, let's say forty, fifty thousand dollar commission, which is for some people, it's if you don't sell for three, four, five months, that commission, you know, can be uh, very well spent very quickly, especially if you have taxes on on top of it. So, with
1: COVID, how has that changed for you? Are you still doing like online um, open houses or?
0: What's going on with that? Yeah. So, you know, on that time also, uh, I had my baby. So, you know, I didn't, I only did showings. I don't have any listing right now that I need to sit open houses or do the showing. I only work with uh, buyers and, or, you know, potentially renters, people who wants to list, to rent. So, you know, when we couldn't show, pr- pretty much it was on hold. I, I am on under contract with a client of mine, but he's also buying a, a pre-construction condo in Miami. So, you know, he only needs to see pictures of the project and renderings. It doesn't require, uh, you know, a showing because the project is not even, you know, finished. So I was lucky with that. But now we resume showings. So I'm going to, you know, do individual showing with my clients. But yeah, it's been more quiet for sure. And, uh, you know, at least for me, I took the time also to, obviously prepare to give in birth and enjoy the time with the family a little bit.
1: Yeah, of course. And I wanted to ask, as a woman in real estate in LA, do you often have to deal with certain stereotypes or expectations to look a certain way? And because real estate is an industry mostly dominated by men. So do you find it hard to be heard?
0: I think for me, people take, uh, through the years, maybe now that I'm married with kids and I also sold uh, properties, people give me more credibility. But in the beginning, uh, it was challenging because I don't think people took me as serious, um, you know, especially men. But, you, you know, like, and I gave everybody the benefit of the doubt, but I did waste a lot of my time because people just thought, you know, I'm just a cute girl and that's pretty much it. So now that, uh, you know, I sold and I'm in a different phase in my life, I think I've been taken more seriously. So unfortunately, the beginning was a little bit more challenging as a woman.
1: yeah. And how did you build your reputation? What is What are some things that separate you from like your competition?
0: You know, I, there are great agents out there. Uh, for me, I'm always available for my clients, so they can reach me out at Sunday at 10 p.m. Uh, I'm very responsive. I'm, I answer my emails very quickly, even now with kids, maybe less quickly, but still very responsive. And I'm just, you know, I listen to my clients, and I know the market very well, so... I want to bring some knowledge because today everybody can go on Zillow and Trulia and they already kind of know what's going on. So you want to have a little bit more knowledge and, and, and show that you can add value. So I don't know if it makes me different than other agents, but I'm very honest with them too. If I don't like a, a house or, or a condo, I would give them my honest opinion in, in a gentle way.
1: Yeah. And now do you still do a lot of cold calling um, or a lot of your clients referrals?
0: So calling, you know, uh, I used to call for sale by owners, so I used to do that. I, I've been doing a little bit of that before COVID started, for sale by owners, because I know those are more target clients. They want to sell, but they don't want to pay the commission, so that's the challenge with those guys. Um, door knocking, uh, I haven't door knocked in a while, but I'm going to start driving to construction sites because maybe I'll be lucky and I'll meet a developer, so I'm going to start doing that. During COVID, I was trying to actually... Stay away a little bit because you know people were stressed, a lot of uncertainty, and the last thing I wanted to do is bother and solicitate people for business uh, unless I had something amazing an amazing deal that was worth for me approaching them so now I'm starting to my husband is uh, I do have a husband you know he's not on the show, but he exists. <laughs> I cannot show him on the show. But anyways, so yeah, so now I'm starting to get back into it as far as the uh, at least door knocking construction site. But cold calling, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm better face to face than cold call, to be honest.
1: Yeah. And so going to the show, of course, Selling Sunset, um, no. what is it like filming it? And is, is that kind of an accurate representation of day to day or is that a little bit more glorified, I guess?
0: You know, I feel like the deals, uh, look, all the deals happened, but they definitely didn't happen over one phone call. It's more negotiation involved. It's more showings. A lot of deals can fall apart. Selling Sunset, uh, to film it, it's great. I mean, I had a great time. I love all the girls. We all get along, or at least I get along with all of them. And I enjoy every moment. I feel very lucky and thankful to be part of it. I'm glad it's doing well. We get generally good response. But yeah, I can tell you 100%, not all the deals are easy. And in the show, maybe it looks a little bit easier because we have to show 30 minutes uh, of that, but it's more complicated in real life to do real estate. So I wish it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> so how long does it usually take
1: on average to close a deal?
0: It, yeah. yeah, it is different. But the average, let's say if you take a client out, which by the way, that client, you can show him maybe five houses and you can show the 550 houses, right? So let's say a couple of months, you take them around, unless it's a developer. The developer is a bit different, but let's take the average, you know, first time buyer or even second or third time buyer. You take them out. You take them out, and if they put an offer from putting the offer to close, usually it's about thirty days to forty-five days.
1: So, how has that the show kind of changed your career as a realtor? Do people recognize you? Do they want to work with you? Do they avoid working with you? So,
0: thankfully, I didn't get any uh, people who wanted to avoid working with me. Uh, that was the first. Uh, that was my main concern doing the reality show because, as you know, it's not just real estate; it's a lot of other personal stuff and. I can't be completely boring in the show otherwise. I mean, I am the most boring one, but I also didn't want to jeopardize. Thank you. (laughs) I didn't want to jeopardize my career because I worked really hard to build it. Um, So people do approach me all the time. Yes, they recognize me on the street. Uh, After the first season, a lot. Now, you know, we're obviously hiding with masks. (laughs) So maybe less and I don't really go too much to places um but yeah people approach me from overseas and from all over the world so that's kind of interesting to see and I feel like actually I get even more credibility uh because of the show so I think it's going to help first season was a nice test to see what's going to happen we have another season that just came out and another one that's going to come out so hopefully it will actually give me more business maybe some more speaking engagements about the real estate and uh, we'll see
1: yeah and do you mostly sell um luxury properties LA. no no nothing
0: look in LA every teardown, every uh basically excuse me for my language shitty property cost you 1.5 million so if you're coming from a, another state you know 1.5 it's like a, a mention but um you know in Miami for instance uh, instance I'm working right now and someone wants to rent and he wants to pay three thousand dollars and I'm I'm helping him it's totally fine and I'm working with uh, lower uh, price point condos because a lot of condos in Miami, this is what I said, they're 300000 400000 So you're doing basically the same work for way less commission. But uh, for me, my attitude is every transaction is a transaction and you just never know what 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 it's going to lead to. So, and I'm working with a client for a $5 million house right now too. So, you know, it's it varies. Basically, I work with... Uh, You know, whoever wants to do a business and ready to do a business. Doesn't matter if it's a lease rent, I mean, or lower or higher income. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, property. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So
1: for the show's storyline, do they like, do the producers give you a certain direction or is it actually representative of what you guys do?
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's not scripted. Uh, We have the cameras rolling. We are all at the office. Things are being said. Uh, yeah, if they wanted to film me showing a developer, they would obviously say, Hey, like bring your client, we want to film you, you know, showing the house and whatever happens, happens. So that's of course planned because everything is not surprised. But um as far as like script or the fights or the mini dramas that we had and transactions that are not closing, that's just all happen and it's you know, it is what it is. And unfortunately we did have all these like mini mini drama which makes the show at the same time, but um, you know. It's, uh, it just happened. We're all together in the same place. We film four or five days a week, a couple of hours a day. So things will always, you know, things will be said. Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. We're human. Um, so what kind of clients do you have in LA and in Miami?
0: So they're all different. Like I have a client right now, uh, from overseas, uh, he wants to buy something in LA. So I'm in Miami right now, but obviously if he's serious and he's willing to come look at places, I'm going to take the flight and I'm going to do that. Um, So, you know, he's more like a young guy, for instance, wants to uh, restart his company in L.A. In Miami, I'm working with, you know, like um, a guy who just wants to buy a cool condo on the beach. I'm working with another first-time buyers that they are couples right now. So uh, my clients are pretty much diverse. Like, um, yeah, they are from everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm I'm not, yeah, not specific uh, demographic or anything like that.
1: Right, yeah, so being a realtor, there aren't that many days off, so are you constantly working? How involved are you in your listings?
0: Yeah, so right now, I don't have a listing. uh I had one in Miami, but uh, we didn't sell it, so we're taking a break we took it took it off the market and in l a you know I'm not taking a listing right now because I'm physically in Miami, so I don't want to do you know I'm a control freak if I cannot take a listing that I can physically do open houses and do all all of that i w- I wouldn't do it um. So, you know, look, because I have a newborn also and she's one month, I'm taking it a little bit more easy. But, um, you know, my schedule is flexible. So let's say tomorrow I have clients who want to see a couple of places. I'm going to go from, let's say, 9 till 1. Then I need meeting another client until 2 and then I'll go home and work on emails, obviously spend time with my kids. And tonight when I put the kids to sleep, I have some emails to do and checking up, uh, you know, some stuff for clients. So I try to work it around my schedule with with my two babies. Um, most of my emails and all that, it's kind of like all over the place, all over, you know, the day. If I have to do showings, it's mainly morning or weekends. So it's not, I don't have a set schedule, unfortunately, right now because of the babies.
1: Mm-hmm. If
0: someone doesn't have kids, I will recommend a set schedule, let's say, prospect from 9 to 10 or, or 9 till 11 then do your follow-ups and you have to be a little bit more organized right yeah and obviously being
1: in real estate is all about negotiation so do you have any advice on negotiating especially starting out when you don't have that much experience
0: yeah I mean you don't want to give up all your cards and and really, you know if, if you have a buyer and let's say they want to write an offer and you know they have room on price to go up don't tell it to the agent right? You know, if they want to start from the low, I mean, just write the offer, see where the seller is counter back. At the end of the day, you want to negotiate, but also you don't want to lose the deal over a couple of thousand dollars, right? So I think communication with the other agents is very important, whoever represents which side. And some sellers are more motivated than others, and some buyers are more motivated than others. So it really depends on the situation. But if you know that you have a buyer that really wants a certain place and you know, maybe the seller is slightly, you know, want more than what it's worth. It depends on the buyer how much they are willing to to pay for it. And also when you when you sell a property, like if it really depends on the clients, because mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to lose your deal uh, over too aggressive of negotiation if it's, it's going to cost you the deal.
1: Right, and yeah. like your
0: client to lose. So, yeah, so I, I, it's it's hard to say because every situation is is different. Yeah, okay. like um, it's, it's yeah, it, it's different for me to to give you a specific tool.
1: Yeah. So just last question to wrap things up. Um, what are some of maybe like the top skills or qualities you think someone needs in order to be successful as a realtor?
0: I think you know because it's such a a roller coaster business. You want to be really motivated. I know it's very easier, uh, it's easier to say than done, but you wanna, and you wanna be willing to work hard and know that it's not just wearing like nice shoes and a nice dress and boom, you're gonna sell. I door knock three, three four days a week, three hours a day, go door to door and I got a lot of rejections. And you have to have a thick skin for that. You wanna be able to be motivated and work out to do the open houses on Sunday while everybody else are going to a bar or, or whatever. So you wanna you, you wanna be willing to put the time into it. It's not just a part time job. And you know, you wanna be also a people person and, and and friendly because I would say if you're not friendly, um, people will not like working with you. Yeah. So I guess motivation, honesty and 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 be kind okay yeah
1: and yeah those skills apply to so many other careers and not just not just real estate
0: yeah although you know there a lot of top real estate agents they're actually very douchey they're not kind yeah. including a few that i know but i'm not going to yeah. say yeah. names. <laughs> yeah. they're in the show no yeah. but um jason yeah. no uh look they, they, but they are great too so everybody have their own um skills yeah. uh, i think just being for me being kind and honest Mm -hmm. I think it's important and obviously motivated.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, I highly recommend to anyone who hasn't watched Selling Sunsets. It's amazing. It's binge worthy. But um,
0: yeah. So thank Thank you so much for your time. No problem. One more thing. We have another season, you know, August 7th. Another season coming. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, you know, if you guys are listening, make sure to binge watch it.
1: That was Maya Vander. She is so down to earth and I really love how honest and raw she is with the entire show and her audience. So make sure to check out season two of Selling Sunsets on Netflix. Please subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts that would really help me out and help other people find the podcast. And check out the podcast Instagram at well now what Podcast. See you next week.